Welcome to the September 18th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Joshua chapter 8, verses 1 through 17, and the sermon is entitled, When at First You Don't Succeed, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. It's something about being together as the family of God. It's something about going through life together with one another as the family of God. And today I'm grateful for everyone that is here grateful for those that are watching live stream the music set the table today i want you to know i want to thank pastor tom randy all those that have a hand it's amazing what music does it brings us to the very foot of the cross and i feel that today if you can't preach after the singing this morning something's wrong i think anybody could get up here did you come expecting something today Amen. Now, I, I've, been, I've been called to the carpet. I said, Pastor Jeffrey, you're not saying that every Sunday. I said, I'm trying to get you out so I don't have to say it every Sunday. I don't have to remind you to come expecting something from God. But I'm grateful today as we gather around God's Word that we come before Him seeking His direction over our life. I remember when I was a little boy, uh, below nine, uh, I don't know how old exactly, but we had a, a big maple tree in our front yard as we lived up on Sunset Drive in town. And it had this really big limb that extended sideways off of it. And it was a great invitation for a young boy to just climb up that tree and see how far out on that limb I could get. Now I'm guessing, I don't know, that, that day it seemed like it was 20 foot off the ground. It wasn't that high. It was probably eight feet off the ground and Jeffrey worked his way up that tree and soon out on that limb, out, 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 as far as I could go. And then one day it happened so fast, I didn't realize it. I hit the ground. And if you've ever had the breath knocked out of you, that's what Jeffrey found himself doing. Gasping, holding, cringing, wondering if I would ever breathe again. Now I'll tell you that little story to tell you this, have you felt that way in your faith before? You've been defeated, you've felt like everything that you are and everything that you've been, everything that you've tried to do is not working, and yet your breath has been knocked, the spiritual breath is no longer there. And so you find yourself grasping and searching for something that you could get a hold to. Today's message, when at first you don't succeed... How long do you think it took me to get back up in that maple tree? As soon as I caught my breath, I was back at it. But I thought about it. I thought about it long and hard as I went out on that limb and as I worked my way out again. Friends, today, defeat has been in the Israel's past. What now? When at first you don't succeed, what do you do? When we look at that saying, it was developed in the 1800s, you know the rest of it. If at first you don't succeed, thank you. Try, try again. You get back up and you get going. We do that with our lives. We do that uh, with our marriages. We do that in our faith walk. We just continue on. And I've learned in three short months of being your senior pastor, something else is coming something's coming. As soon as you get something worked out, guess what? Something else is coming. And life is like that, church. You're never going to get over it. And I don't know that you always get through it, but with faith, I believe that you and I can walk side by side together. 
When we think about this chapter uh, 7, going into chapter 8 of the book of Joshua, we've come out of a chapter in our Bible that we've seen the Israelite people fail. We've seen Joshua literally on his face before God. And what is uh, even harder is not only have they failed, but it's the way they failed. It's because sin crept into the camp. It's because sin entered one man's heart and affected the entire nation of Israel. Not only that, they lost 36 lives in battle as they went to Ai. And Joshua has all that resting on his shoulders as the leader of Israel. So here as we look at the message today, I wonder where you are in this story. If you have never succeeded or if you have fallen or failed before, line up with me, please. It's not that we lay it down. It's not that we quit. It's not that we walk away from Jesus Christ. It's that we get back up and try again. And I'm grateful for the scripture that leads us to that point today. Take your Bibles, go to Joshua chapter number 8. Joshua chapter number 8. I'm going to step out of what I'm... You're going to get five points today. Get your pens ready, all right? Five points of what happens when you don't at first succeed. Look at verse number 1. Joshua chapter number 8, verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai... See, I have given unto thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. The first point today, if you are taking notes, is this. Do not be discouraged. If at first you don't succeed, do not be discouraged. Trust is a very important word. In my study after taking over as senior pastor here, do you know how long it takes for the, for the church to trust its pastor? Seven years. Seven years for a church to fully trust its pastor. I look at that number and I'm like, oh Lord, you've got to hit the fast forward button here. We've got a lot of things to work through real quick. We've got to fast forward through those seven years. But the ability to trust someone is so important. But here is the key. When that trust is broken, rebuilding trust, I'm not going to say it is impossible, but is that much harder. It takes time. And when the people of God have broken God's trust, I'm grateful that it didn't take seven years. I'm grateful that God calls His people to forgiveness and to continue to seek Him and to get up out of the dirt and to continue to look to Him. It's amazing the forgiveness of God. Joshua, the servant leader here, has so much on his plate. I don't envy him one bit. As he leads this nation into a place and into a point of believing step by step along the way. But there is a word in verse number 1 that we see. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Don't fear. 
Fear is a word that, that kind of sends trembles through us. And certainly we fear normal things. We fear snakes and creepy things. And we fear failure. Anybody in here fear failure? I do not want to fail. I do not want to fail. My mama put the stipulation, nothing below a B in my early years. That I was not a failure. Not because she knew, uh, not because she uh, didn't think I could. She knew what I was capable of. And God knows what his people are capable of. And so he says, get back up, let's go. But you cannot fear, you cannot be dismayed, you cannot be distracted, you cannot be discouraged, because defeat will creep in. Let me ask you this. Throughout God's word, what are some of the most fearful moments that you remember in God's word? I think of Nebuchadnezzar to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego throwing them into the furnace. And in their words, these Hebrew boys say this, Our God is able to deliver. They looked a fiery furnace straight in the face and marched there because they knew their God was able. Friends, that's not fear. That's faith in the eyes of fear. I think of people like Elizabeth and Zechariah and Hannah who, who longed to have a child. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and years went by until they seen that. The fear of not having a child. David, we look at him as Saul pursued him, fearing and hiding in caves. Moses, he wasn't smart enough, he said. Gideon, he felt weak. Jeremiah felt too young. And friends, we can line up the excuses throughout the Bible where fear has crept into the minds and the lives of his people. But today, I want you to know that you and I are challenged not to be discouraged as we look to God to lead our lives. Joshua and God remind his people that your eyes must be on me. The calling is to follow me and to be faithful no matter what. And so today, before I move on, I want to say this. If you are in a place of discouragement where you feel like you have failed and that one thing is over your head or in your mind, you've got to look at it, uh, not look at it, but you've got to look to the God who will lead you through it. So today, put your eyes not on that which is fearful, but that which is able to defeat the fear. Do not be discouraged. Point number two. Look at verses one and two. I'm going to read the end of verse number one and go into verse number two. And the Lord said to, to Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee and arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given unto thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. And thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. Point number two, as you... Uh, when you first, uh, at first don't succeed, point number two, know that God is still working. God is still working. 
As the Lord requires Joshua to come before the people, here's what he says. He proves and provides a strategy that will lead to Ai's defeat. That will lead his people to victory. In verse number 1, at the end of it, he has already promised four things. God promises Joshua the king. He promises Joshua the people. He promises Joshua the city and the land. Here's what he tells Joshua. You will win this battle. You will win this battle. I'm still working and I've got a plan. And from there, the instructions follow. What differs from Jericho? In Jericho, Joshua was told, do not take the spoils. Here, he is told to take them and have them for themselves. I look at that and I I wonder if Achan would have just waited on God and waited just a little bit of time, God would have provided for his needy heart. But he didn't. That's another sermon. I'm I'm not going to preach that there about waiting on God. But what we see is God delivering a city, the spoils of the city, to his people. As they follow and keep their eyes on him. When you work out your plans in your life. I know that we're all big boys and girls here. And if I try to tell somebody how to live their life, I'm going to be pushed off. I'm going to be pushed down the road. I'm going to be ignored. But here's here's what I want to tell you. You can't leave God out of your plans. As you raise your children, God needs to be there. As you get to your older retirement years, God needs to be there. As you uh, may still be in the honeymoon honeymoon phase in the middle of your life, God bless you. God needs to be there. But wherever we, uh, whatever we are doing, God needs to be in there somewhere. Not just for one hour on Sunday morning. Put Him in the inner working plans of your life. And it's amazing what will happen as He will lead and guide those decisions. Maybe today you're here and you have written God off before. Maybe you're sitting here today, maybe it's your first Sunday, maybe you're watching live stream, and you've written God out of your life saying, I will do it myself. That is the work of the enemy. That is the work of the enemy. God leads his people to in their lives of victory. When defeat happens, usually it's when we ignore God. So today, before I move on from this point, today, who needs to hear these words? God is working. Where you are and what you're doing, God is working. Trust him. Trust him to lead you in that process. Point number three. Look at verses 3 and 4. And Joshua arose and all the people of war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose out 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, ye shall lie in wait against the city, even behind the city. Go not very far from the city. Underline these words. But be ye all ready as the plan is coming together as Joshua is understanding what God wants him to do point number three when at first you don't succeed you must use all of your resources 
Use all of your resources. Today, just real quick with a show of hands, how many of you believe the church is a resource? Raise your hand. It should be every hand. The church is a resource. And many times the church gets involved at the end. Listen to me. At the end, after it's no help or no hope, people come to church. Yet, when we put church on the beginning of it, and you make it a priority, it's amazing what happens in those situations. I want to encourage you, church, to make sure that you are using every resource that God has given you in this thing that we call life. I look around this room, and there are many of you that have tied in to my two now teenage boys. Through the years, you have played an important role in their life. And I know home is a big part of that, but church is a major part of that. I'm grateful for that. The comments I get about how good-looking my kids are. I'm just kidding. How good my kids are, or how mannerable they are. Certainly, that's, that's ingrained at home but it's taught in Sunday school classes and ministries here at our church. The church is a resource. I want you to see in verse number 1, I'm going to go back there real quick. The Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war. Do you see that? Do you see where the plan differed from before? The spies said we only need to send 3,000. God says, no, you send everybody. Everybody that is able to fight goes to war. So the spies' plan had 3,000 going up to the city of Ai to defeat it, yet God's plan has 30,000. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. It's amazing about the resources that are around us. And yet God sees those resources and he puts them to work. Later on in, in, in chapter number 8, verse number 25, the Bible tells us that AI has 12,000 men and women in it. That's just a number. I'm trying not to confuse you. But in the whole city of AI had 12,000 men and women. If you take half that number, roughly five to 6,000 men that would be able to fight. That would be able to fight. As you can see, the spies missed it. They were already undermatched, but God didn't. God said, 30,000 of you are going. Is that overkill? Absolutely not. It's using all the resources that are available. As I ask you to underline the words at the end of verse number 4, here is the key. Listen to me, church. Whether it's 3,000 or 30,000, whether it's 100 or 500, here is the key. Be ye all ready. As the 30,000 marched, every man must be ready. Must be ready to fight for the country. So here is my question for ministry in and from this place. It requires every person to be ready. It requires everyone to serve. That is the point 
of this church. That ministry flows from this place to our desperate and hurting world. And it cannot be 100 that are doing the ministry. It must be everyone. And I hope you will see God calls every person to be ready. And that is your pastor's call this morning. Every person be ready. Be ready for ministry. Be ready for what God is calling us to do. And here is the hurting part. We here at Clifford Baptist Church are not using all of our resources because they're not ready. They're not ready. Look at me, church. It's more than just saying yes to a nominating committee. It's being sold out. These soldiers were sold out, willing to die, willing to do whatever is asked to go to war. And that's what I'm calling the church to do. To be ready for ministry to flow from this place. Church, are you ready? That is the question. Point number three today, we have resources that aren't being used. And we must fix that problem or we will suffer our own defeat. Point number four. Look at verses five through eight. And the man of Ai smote of them. I'm sorry, I'm back to seven. Sorry about that. Verse number five, and I and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city and it come to pass that when they come out against us as at the first that we will flee before them for they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city for they will say they flee before us as the first therefore we will flee before them. Then ye shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand and it shall be when ye have taken the city that ye shall set the city on fire according to the commandment of the Lord shall ye do see I have commanded you point number four today is that uh, when you at first you don't succeed have a God led plan have a God led plan here's what Joshua does to his fighting men he breaks them into three groups the first group is a group of 30,000 soldiers he sends to lie in hiding he lets them move by night to conceal them and he puts them in waiting imagine that 30,000 called to be ready and now Joshua says you just wait you just wait your time is coming you lie in wait but you must be ready Joshua himself was going to lead a second group of men that would be a distraction similar to their first invasion of AI Joshua and this army would march to AI they would distract the army they would flee again like they did the first time and AI would say we got them again we got them exactly where we want them the third group in verse number 12 we haven't got there yet 
but we will. In verse number 12, there's going to be a group of about 5,000 that will lie in between the city of Bethel and the city of Ai in case Bethel decides to come get involved in the party. These 5,000 would be there to protect. So in a rough uh, nutshell, that's the plan. To To lure them out, and as they lure them out of the city, that's when the plan of God would be enacted. Now this plan was put together not by Joshua, not by spies, but by God Almighty. These 30,000 are ready. The trap is set. And guess what? They're even given instructions that after you take the city, you're to set it on fire and destroy it. I want you to see how 35 plus thousand people all need to follow God. We've already learned last week what happens when one doesn't. I sat here and I went over this sermon this week and I said, God, how do you, how do you get a couple hundred people on the same plan? How do you get a couple hundred people on the same page and to follow you and to be sold out and to be ready? Here's the way that you do that. Look at the plan that God has for your life. I want to speak to teenagers for just a second. You may still be trying to figure out that plan. But know this, if you trust Him now, you will trust Him as you get older. I want to look at the older ones. Guess what? I'm not going to give my age away. Y'all know I'm coming up on a big number here in a couple weeks. But guess what? Even at coming up on 40... I've got to learn to trust God with a plan for my life. And I don't really know the next step. I don't know what it looks like 10 or 20 years down the road, but I've got to trust God with a plan that He has not only for my life, but for the life of Clifford Baptist Church. When's the last time that you consulted God with the plans that you have for your life? When at first you don't succeed, make sure God's involved in the making of the next plans. Last point, the biggest reading of the day, takes us from verses 9 through 17, as you will see this plan begin to unfold in the city of Ai. Verse number 9, Joshua therefore sent them forth, and they went to lie in ambush, and abode between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. I'm going to stop right there. And I want you to see, Joshua is among his people. That's important. Just as, just as Jesus ministered among the people, the people together is where we need to be. Now, going on, verse number 10. And Joshua rose up early in the morning and numbered the people and went up, and he and all the elders of Israel before the people to Ai. And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai. And he took about 5,000 men and set them to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. And when they had set uh, set the people, even all the host that was on the north of the city and their liars in wait on the west of the city, Joshua went that night into the midst 
of the valley. And it came to pass, when the king of Ai saw it, they hastened and rose up early. And the men of the city went out against Israel to battle. He and all his people at a time appointed before the plain. But he was not that there were liars in ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before them, and they fled by the way of the wilderness. And all the people that were in Ai were called together to pursue after them. And they pursued after Joshua and were drawn away from the city. And there was not a man left in Ai or Bethel that went not out after Israel. And they left the city open and pursued after Israel. Israel I want you to see point number five when you first you don't succeed point number five continue the fight there's a fight that needs to be continued continue to fight as Joshua lays the 30,000 ready and waiting he puts 5,000 between Bethel and Ai notice he does this all in darkness early in the morning remember my morning people right he does it under the cover as God directs him to. Everybody's lying in wait, and he begins his march on Ai so that the leaders there see him. He gets the attention of the king of Ai, and now the second battle, the second battle of Ai, is now underway. As that battle takes place, Joshua is the, is the decoy there. He is seen, he wants to be seen, and then he begins to flee. And all of Ai goes after him. Verse number 15 reminds us that, that they made out as they were defeated and they retreated. And verse number 16, we see everybody in Ai pursues them. And in verse number 17, we're left with an open city. Look at verse number 17 real quick. And there was not a man left in Ai or Bethel that went not out after Israel. And they left the city open and pursued after Israel. There's an open city there. The plan is working. Do you see? Do you see a, a nation that, that was defeated, that has come before God, and now is enacting His plan for their life? Well, guess what, church? We leave, we stop today with an empty city. We're going to finish the rest of it next week. But let me ask you this. As we see this open city that is waiting, is victory to be had yet? No. Victory is not at hand yet. But I want you to see a people that have followed now God step by step by step. When they didn't succeed at first, the first thing that they did was fall on the ground and ask for God's forgiveness. They got up out of that dirt as God instructed them to, and they began to draw close. They took care of the sin that was in their life. They ridded that. That was a hard process. And now they're enacting the plan of God. Church, where have we failed? I look at my life and I think about marriage. I think about being a parent. I think about being a pastor or a youth pastor. I think about being a leader. I think about a job that I had prior. In all of those ways, in all of those areas, I failed in some way. I have failed. 
Does that mean I quit? Does that mean we quit? Absolutely not. What we're called to do is always keep God in view in everything that we are doing. And I want to encourage the person today that's in the middle of a hard fight. Look to God and keep fighting. Keep fighting. Because God has a plan for every life that is represented here today. Today, somebody might need that encouragement to fight on. And I want to give it to you. But I hope that you realize it's not from the mouth of Jeffrey. It's from the mouth of God. When we don't succeed, relationships, marriages, friendships, all are impacted. What about our spiritual life? As I pull this down to a point of invitation today, maybe today there's somebody here that that hasn't succeeded spiritually. Maybe you're not where you need to be with God. There's no better day to fix that than today. And do exactly what Joshua did. Come and fall down before God and say, God, here it is. My plan didn't work. It's up to you. It's up to you. Maybe today, just as we leave an open city, maybe today there is a heart that God is fighting for that is open right now. And maybe it's not open because it's filled with the sin-filled things. God wants to win the battle of your heart today. Maybe what you need to do, if you've never trusted Christ as Savior, is fall down before Him. Say, God, here it is. I've tried other ways. I've tried it my way. But God, here's my heart. I offer it to you today for a place of residence. Today I know that God can change your life and change your heart. Today maybe it's a reminder of not being discouraged. A reminder that God is still working. A reminder to use all your resources. A reminder to have a God-led plan. A reminder to continue to fight. Maybe that's what you needed today. This point of invitation I believe, is for every person here in this place today. What do we need to trust God with? Let's go to Him right now in prayer. Father God, as we come before You today, Lord, we see a people and a nation that need You. Lord, years later, we're no different. Lord, I believe that I need You more today than I did yesterday. And I'll need You more tomorrow than I did today. God, I pray, Lord, for this church not, not to simply come and fall down, but, Lord, just to turn over the parts of their life that they need to. Lord, today, I pray that you work in the lives of your people in this place. And in a moment of invitation, this is where we do business with God. God, I pray that you move right now. God, I pray that you draw that one that needs you as Savior most of all. That they will trust Jesus Christ, His death on the cross, as payment for any sin that they've ever committed or they will commit, that you will cover that in your blood. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do. In this moment of decision, as you call us to yourself, in Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.